you will take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 12, John chapter 12. As you are turning, we are having Easter sunrise service. It's just a matter of not being able to read. It was on my notes that I was supposed to, to read, but we are going to be having that at 7 o'clock. Uh, the deacons will be setting up some chairs for people who want to sit, uh, but we'll have a good time worshiping the Lord. If the weather's good, if it's not good, we'll come inside. Then we're going to have light refreshments. Don't plan on coming and eating a full course breakfast, uh, but we are going to have some life refreshments before Sunday school at 9.15 and then the worship service at 10.30. John chapter 12, beginning to read at verse number 12. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they had heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. We, we're, we're looking at the king in the last part of John because Jesus was, of course, the king. And in this particular portion of scripture, the king was praised. Now the triumphal entry, which is what this was called, was predicted in Psalm 118 verse 26 in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, it was predicted that the king would come, that he would be praised, that he would ride on a donkey. So this was no surprise for those who knew Scripture and knew what was going on. But most did not. Most did not recognize that the prediction was coming to fulfillment. But the multitudes praised him anyway. They had palms um, and they, they had clothes that they put on the road in front of him. It was a really big deal. But my question is this. Was the praise that they praised mainly lip service? Was it not heartfelt? Because the same ones that were saying Hosanna on this particular day, on Sunday, about five days later or so, were saying crucify him. I think that, that so often what happens is that people are interested in what they can get. Have you ever noticed that before? Basically, it's, the root is selfishness. We want to know what we can get. And, and when, when the people looked at this situation, they were basically asking the question, what can you do for me? It's noted that one of the reasons they came is because they had heard about the sign that had taken place, about the miracle that had taken place that Lazarus was raised from the dead. And perhaps some of them were thinking, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. I, I'd love to have Jesus around for a while so that when I get older and I die, he could raise me from the dead. I don't know for sure that's what they were thinking. But it goes along with what happened when Jesus fed the 5,000 men plus women and children. Because when that happened, some of the people followed Jesus because they wanted food. They wanted their needs to be met. 
I think that, that in a sense of what you see happening here in, in John chapter 12 is similar to what, what is happening in our nation. I don't want to insert politics necessarily, but isn't it true that some people, politicians, are like the Pharisees? They want the power. If you look at verse number 19 of John chapter 12, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. In other words, they're not coming after us. They're not following us. They felt like they were losing their power, their influence, and so on. And they didn't like that a bit. The multitude, they were easily persuaded. Uh, they at one time were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And very soon thereafter, they were saying, crucify him, crucify him. Unfortunately, that leads to point number two. Point number one is the king was praised. And he deserved praise, did he not? For all who he was and all he did for us. But number two is that the king was rejected. Look at John chapter 18. Go ahead and, and take your Bibles and, and move over to that portion of Scripture. John chapter 18, verses 33 and following. Jesus, of course, had had, had a full week and, and, and he had um, done the upper room discourse and had, had the last supper and gone out to the Garden of Gethsemane. He had been arrested. He had been uh, taken to the high priest's house. He had then been presented to Pilate. And when that happened, Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? We're talking about the king here, the king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. So Jesus and Pilate had a conversation. And in that conversation, Jesus affirmed that he was indeed the king of the Jews. Not, not in a political sense, but in a spiritual sense. Uh, the Jews felt like Jesus, the, well, felt like the Messiah was going to come and was going to all of a sudden take control of the Roman Empire, uh, throw them out of Israel, and, and, and be in charge physically speaking, politically speaking. And, and he indeed will do that one of these days when he comes back. But as we look at God's word, he was going to be the suffering Messiah before he was going to be the reigning Messiah. He indeed is the king of the Jews, but the Jews rejected him. Look at chapter 19, verses 14 through 16. John 19, 14. Now, it was the preparation day of the Passover at about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold your king. This was Pilate. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? 
The chief priest answered and said this, We have no king but Caesar. Isn't it interesting how sometimes we look to political solutions rather than spiritual solutions, earthly solutions rather than heavenly solutions. The reality is that the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people rejected the king. Something else was more important to them. Really, it's idolatry. When you put anything above your relationship with God, it's idolatry. And they were engaged in rejecting the king and instead being engaged in idolatry. But what they did not recognize, and what most of the disciples did not recognize, is that Jesus knew that this time would come. He knew that he would be praised, he knew that he would be rejected, and he knew that he would be sacrificed. Look at John chapter 19, verses 17 and following. John 19, 17, and Jesus bearing his cross went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. A pilot wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. The chief priests did not want that to be put on there. They wanted it to say, I said I was the king of the Jews. But Pilate said, what I have written, I have written. And the king was sacrificed. The king of the Jews, indeed the king of kings and lord of lords, died a horrible death on the cross. To pay the penalty for our sins. It didn't take Jesus by surprise. I'd like to read a couple of verses from John chapter 12 again. John chapter 12 verses 23 and 24. Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. And Jesus knew that he was going to be dying. Look also at verse number 27. Jesus said, My soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. In other words, Jesus knew what his purpose was. He came to save those who were sinners. He came to provide redemption, everlasting life to those of us who were sinners, which means every single one of us. We see this again in verses 32 and 33, where Jesus said, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. He said this, signifying by what death he would die. He knew that he would be lifted up on the cross, and as a result, provide everlasting life. That was the reason that he came. Matthew 26, 2 says, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Jesus knew he was going to die on the cross. He told his disciples that such was the case. They did not want to believe him. In John chapter 11, verses 49 to 53, the high priest prophesied. He didn't know what he was talking about. But he prophesied about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1149, 
One of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. And therefore, he was put to death as the king who was sacrificed for us. Jesus was not surprised. He knew what it said in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 6. Talking about Jesus, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every way to every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus knew exactly what he was getting into. The beginning of his ministry, John the Baptist said of him, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Which leads us to the Last Supper in that upper room when Jesus gathered together with his disciples. Jesus knew that the Passover that was instituted years ago under Moses, looked ahead to the time when he, as the Lamb of God, would be sacrificed on the cross, shedding his blood so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could have everlasting life. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 28, talks about that. Matthew 26, 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So during the Passover meal, Jesus communicated to them that he was going to die. His body was going to be broken. His blood was going to be shed so that all of humanity would have an opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as Savior and have everlasting life. That's good news indeed. It's interesting in John chapter 1, talks about Jesus being rejected. John chapter 1 and verse number 12 is a familiar verse that we're going to get to in just a second. But notice that it says in verse number 10, He was in the world. The world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, to them gave He the right to become children of God, to those who believe on His name. He was rejected. 
First he was praised, but it was lip service, I believe most of it was. Then he was rejected by the Jewish leaders as well as by the people. But he came into his own. His own did not receive him. As many as receive him, to them he gives power to become the children of God. We can experience that. What the gospel is all about. The fact that Jesus died, was buried, he rose again, he appeared to many people, and his death and resurrection was so that we could have everlasting life because the penalty for our sin has been paid. And we need to respond by faith, by saying yes to Jesus Christ and trusting him as our Savior. You've never done that. The most important decision that can, can be made, that any of us can make. Sometimes we go to church, we sing the hymns, uh, we, we smile. People think, well, that's a spiritual person there. Look at him sitting in that pew all dressed up, smiling. But the reality is that some of our praise is lip service. We're just going through the motions. We really don't have a heartfelt relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. Some of us are in it for what we can get rather than what we can give giving ourselves to the Lord and serving Him. We need to be careful that our praise is not just surface. Instead, that it is heartfelt. The king rejected, as some of us, even in church, have come to a point in our lives where we've said no to Jesus Christ as Savior or Lord. We, we've, we know the gospel. We've heard it many times. We might not have understood it completely, but we recognize that Jesus died on the cross for us, but we've said no to him. And why? Well, usually it's because something else is taking his place. Something else is more important to us than our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we reject him as Savior. Sometimes we reject him as Lord. We don't want to follow him. We don't want to obey him. Even though Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The reality is that Jesus, the King, King of kings and Lord of lords, was sacrificed on the cross. He was the Lamb of God whose blood was shed, body was broken, so that we could be forgiven and have everlasting life. But we need to make sure that we don't reject Him. Instead, we receive Him. We say yes to Him. We believe in Him. And then we can have everlasting life. The Lord's Supper gives us an opportunity to remember that. It gives us an opportunity to remember that Jesus' body was broken. His blood was shed so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have fellowship with God, so that we could spend eternity in heaven. And the question is, have we taken advantage of that opportunity? Do we know Jesus Christ in a personal way? Have we trusted him as our Savior and as our Lord? As we're approaching the Easter season, that's the most important question that all of us really need to answer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for what you did by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. As we look at scripture, we see it throughout. The cross did not catch you by surprise, but it was your purpose. Lord, we don't understand how, how much you love us. We don't understand how you could do what you did. But we know if you didn't spare your own son, but delivered him up for us all, you will also with him freely give us all things. And Lord, my prayer is that each one of us might make sure that we're not rejecting the king, but we are 
receiving the King as Savior and Lord. We're trusting Christ as our Savior and seeking to live for Him day by day. Because that's the, the best thing to do. In, in the light of eternity, it is definitely the best thing to do. Lord, I pray that we might recognize that and say yes to Jesus Christ. And that we might, during the Lord's Supper, remember what He did for us when His body was broken and His blood was shed. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing the song of invitation. He looked beyond my fault. Aren't you glad that He doesn't focus on our faults, but instead He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin? Romans 5.8, God showed His love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We need to praise Him and thank Him for what He's done.